shaking that beer. That sound is so weird. <laughs> Sounds like umakhir. <laughs> and umakhir and Hazar are the only ones who are eating while we're recording. I'm drinking my super fruit greens, organic orange, mango, pineapple, cucumber, Weirdo. spinach, romaine, kale. She drink. got money. Okay. We're on that healthy 2020. When you start flying, I'll call and contact you. Welcome, guys, to another Abuan short episode. With you here today is me, Ikran, and I'm with the other hooligans. Y'all want to introduce yourselves? It's Omal Khair, and I'm not a hooligan. <laughs> it's Tahir. And Rahima. Ooh, who that? No, seriously, like, who are you? I, is this your first uh, time? No, it's my second time. I know, you were on the Cuba Second, episode. yep. <laughs> okay yeah but like people barely remember who we are so you're gonna have to tell people who you are cause... i am the third sister in the ahmed family <laughs> no one knows who the ahmed family is like that could be my family anyways for this short we thought we would kind of delve back into our childhood trauma and again uh yes as as we always do and discuss, you know, um, a common recurring theme in our lives slash most Somali kids' lives, and that is Duxi, right? So we all went to Duxi starting at a really young age. And, you know, despite Duxi having to be a very spiritual and uh, religious experience, for many of us, it was not. It should have been. We wish it was, but it was not. And so we just kind of wanted to throw it back to those times where we went through a lot. And most of like looking back now, a lot of those experiences were hilarious. I mean, obviously, we didn't think so when we were 12. I think they were traumatizing, to be honest. They were. Like now I can look back and laugh at it. But obviously, like I feel like there's like a lot of unresolved hanak there. But (laughs) so kind of, yeah. So guys, let's kind of let's dive right back into it i can start um i rem- like for me like when i first started duxi i went to this ma- like egyptian madin that lived in my area and um so he was super chill like this is before we went to like crazy duxi situation so we would go um i remember once me and my sister got to surat surat buruj we were kind of stuck. Like, we couldn't go. Like, I think we were... And we only had Duxi twice a week, so Saturday and Sunday. And every week we'd pull up, and we just never learned anything. And I think he gave us six ayahs to learn. And every week we'd pull up and just be confused and not know what we were doing. And then finally, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to make it three verses for you guys. And then, you know, the week after that, we pulled up with the six. But <laughs> clearly, I don't know what was going on then. But anyways, that was like the most miskeen experience that I had. And then after that, we went to another ma'alin that was known to beat up kids in my area. I'm not going to say where, where that was because everyone knows this ma'alin. He still does Duxi right now. And I feel like you guys will not, but I know it's not who this is. Oh, Can you tell me his name off the record? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually so Where famous. was this? Was this in Toronto or yeah. was this in um This is Does he still teach oh, till now? Yes, he does. Okay. So Oh wow. I used to go to this Egyptian Malin, so chill, you know? And then a lot of people went to Malin. So we were scared, right? Like we're like, we don't want to go to him because we hear our friends going to him and like they have horrifying stories. But my mom's like, nope, y'all are going to him too. So we went to two Duxies. We went to this guy and then we would go to my Duxi was like a, like a house like it's someone's house and imagine like the entire living room is just filled with kids sitting on the floor okay and then the ma'alin's there and then he has like his little minions who grow around and make sure you're reading your ashar and if you're not he's gonna make you stand up and get you in trouble they had sub'is where they like would like publicly do their sub'is and whoever misses their ayah would get beat up so when we started that Duxi we we started from the bottom, right? So we already have, know our little one, two surahs from the beginning. So we're showing up like we already know our Quran. This is not anything new. So we're coming every day and we would just reread what we were reading at our other duxi. So we were kind of like chill, um, but we would witness people being abused and they thought we were so good, you know, because we're reading like all this Quran that they think we're learning for the first time. But little do they know where, you know, we already know these, these surahs. But anyways, these both these two experiences are literally nothing compared to when I moved to the UAE. I'm just starting with that. That's just a little teaser. Um, that was just us witnessing people getting beat up and being grateful we were getting away from it. But like, I'll get into the more traumatizing experiences. A question though, is that the same man? Because I heard there's one that got arrested in Toronto. Is that him? 
Um, I don't think so because he still does Duxi now. Like, and I, I don't think it's as uh, bad as before. I was like, mm. I guess in the same area as Akram, but I never went to that ma'alan. We went to like several other ma'alans. First of all, I feel like going to Duxi was a birthright for me because my dad was a ma'alan in the 90s in Ottawa. Shout out to everyone who went to Duxi. <laughs> I had no choice. I was, <laughs> That's not our I was not escaping that fate, you know? When we were in, in Toronto, we were really young and like the Duxis there, just like you, Akram, it was me and my sister. And the Duxi we went there, people would get beat up. And I think she has, I don't have trauma left out over from that Duxi, but she always mentions that Malin because he used to, like, if you don't know your Quran, he would make you stand with your hands raised up the whole time you're there. Oh, that's so, like, soft. For, uh, yeah, it's soft until you're sweating buckets. <laughs> but, like, that's also, like, soft compared to, I went to so many Duxis growing up with so many different Malins, like men women somali non-somali my parents did not discriminate they were like duxi you're going to that one you're going we used to go to multiple duxis at the same time as well so like when you were talking about past trauma i just remember this one thing we used to do there was this one summer where duxi was rough like the man was coming at salat subah every single day and we had to read a juz okay juz so that's first of all the the kind of you know innovation that Duxi teaches you and the way you you finesse the oh, ma'alin. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we used to come up with crazy shit, but I remember like my iman was so strong back then because I would pray in sujood, like I'll figure out ways to as are accepted and be like, Ilahi may the ma'alin get dardar by a babur this morning. <laughs> Like literally our du'as were from the soul. And I remember this one time our Ma'alin, he, he did something to my sister. I think he beat her up the night, the day before. Not beat her up, like, you know, like he had a special fila where he used to, you know, hit people with. And then she got hit the day before that. And then he 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 um, coughed in an alley. Like he, he fell, right? He tripped. And he came back the next day and he's like, I'm never touching you again because of you. <laughs> Yesterday I almost died. <laughs> Y'all, this is so tragic. Wallahi, like when I hear these stories, I'm actually, it's so sad. It is sad. Wallahi, like <laughs> our parents. used to make sincere dua for, for the You ma'anas. don't understand. If he died, we would have thrown a party. And it's not like our ma'ana was bad. Our ma'ana was actually, like he was really chill. It's just as kids, the pressure was way too much. Like, you know. I made dua ex- like the same thing, like. We like it was one morning. I think we had super as we were making so much dua that like this guy wouldn't come, and then this guy is like, so he calls like he's kind of running late, and we're just making sincere dua like you know we hope something happens to him. We hope he doesn't come. And then he calls and he's like, I was walking and then bira looked at your gale or something like that. He's like, I'm on my way to the hospital, but I'm still coming. <laughs> like guys, do you guys understand like the way we're like so happy? Awful. And then that's what the man is. That's the thing. I feel like I found out later onwards. I think it's uh, uh, agreement between the parent and the ma'alin where they say like you're not gonna come today but don't tell the kids why why would you oh, not tell yeah, the kids oh 100% 100% that happened well, bare times that how many times did the ma'alin not show up to our house and like he knew and Hoya knew and Hoya's mm-hmm. like yeah, he's yeah. like, Maghrib time. Our Ma'ali used to come at Maghrib time sometimes and ho- uh, during a period and then Hoya would be like, at Maghrib, we're just sitting and we're like, where's the Ma'ali? Ilahi, you Umani. God, please don't let him come. And then Hoya's like, yeah, he told me yesterday he's not going to come. And Wallahi, first of all, that the elation you feel, the happiness you feel, you forget the fact that you're pl- you were played, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's actually yeah, for us, like we never really had a crazy experience when we were younger. Like we went to school in Ottawa, we went to Islamic school. They taught there was like a specific Quran class where you would memorize Quran or you'd actually read Quran to the teacher. But in the summers, I remember our dad used to we'd go to a little Quran boot camp in our house. Like it was a Quran boot camp in our house. We'd wake up early in the morning for like two hours right after Fajr. And just read Quran and memorize and then read it to Abu. So we didn't have like an extreme, extreme bad experience when we were younger. I think the bad experience started when we went to Somalia. That's when it all started. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rahima. We didn't, did we go to a Quran class other than the one in our um, school? You mean in Somalia or back in Ottawa? In Ottawa. I think there was like one we used to go to like on Sundays. But it was pretty yeah. chill. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The one in the Habir's yeah, house. Yeah, was she really was nice. so sweet. Yeah. No, no, no. You guys know that Quran, that memorize. I think that kind of set the tone for us. Like we were excited to read Quran, memorize Quran, because not only did we used to memorize Quran, we used to learn the tafsir as well, like as young children. That's great. And she would like explain what the surah is about. So she'd give the tafsir in a way where she would tell stories about, you know, the surah and how it was revealed and all of those details. And 
she'd feed us like we'd get popcorn and like all these sweets so we'd actually look forward to going to that class okay we came here um, to talk about our trauma and you're telling us how <laughs> what no this trauma is going to had? we're gonna talk sis sis we had trauma we had trauma and we will tell you about that trauma. I know Rahima had trauma. She went to Salman Farisi. <laughs> Salman Fa- Oh my God, please. Don't remind me. I'm trying to like block all so of Salman that So Salman <laughs> Farisi was like a, a school slash duxi. Like it was like a huge Quran school in the UAE that Rahima went to. I went to it in the summer though. But I don't think mm-hmm. it was. It was never as I bad thought, as like. I don't know. I thought it was like guys. a boot camp type situation. It was. It, it was. was. Huh? <laughs> it wasn't a boot camp. It was a prison. <laughs> it was a prison. <laughs> I just remember. Rahima, can you start from the beginning? Can you start with what time you used to go in? It what was time you used actually, to go out? Like, I just what remember, the day looked like? I just remember <laughs> leaving the house, and you're so depressed. You're just first of all, what was I? I was like in eighth grade. And you're just, you're leaving the house and it's dark outside. What time are you leaving the house? Yeah, I think it was like right after Fajr. Oh, it was the most depressing days. And then you get on the bus, you go there. And then the first thing you do, they make you, didn't, Ikran, didn't they make you sit like in that like huge entryway and like read these du'as out? And then if you made one mistake, they'd beat the shit out of you with these sticks? Okay, <laughs> let me tell you, the summer one was like your duxi but like blessed version like we when we started like i only went in the summer i think i went for three years it was in the summer we would start at like nine thirty nine o'clock but we used to like all read the du'as together but it was like just reading it and then we would start our classes we had chairs we had tables i'm just saying like y'all were can i tell you, know, you i just remember struggling. this one day Ullah, i'll never forget it this little girl i think she was like what five she came in just a little bit late I, it was while we were reading the du'as like in that huge hall and she came in a little bit late, like in the middle. And the way this grown lady beat her with a stick, we were all just quiet. We didn't know what to do. Wallahi. Abuse. It was like, nah. It was traumatizing. But I'm not going to lie. I think I think Hargeisa was worse. I'm not even going to lie. That was that was nothing really? compared to Hargeisa. Hargeisa. Oh, how do you forget? I was I, in that other class. I used to get beat oh, up that's so true. much. That's true. The thing is, like, I just remember you and Zainab dreading going, like... To the point, like, where they're almost in tears. They didn't want to no, go, Zainab you know? had it worse. Well, I, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, all the teachers hated Zainab. I don't know why. They used to beat her up all the time. You know what it is? I think she had, like, a bit of, like, like she she struggled with, like, pronunciation a bit. But the way they used to beat her up, well, like, she used to come crying. How many times, Muskina? Like, do they not have hearts is my question. Why do they all have hearts of steel? You know I'm confused. I, the thing is, I remember my cousins telling me about, because they grew up in Somalia, them telling me about the kind of mm-hmm. duxi they go, used to go to in Somalia. And in Somalia, like this, look, you know, someone hitting your hands, all that was basic shit. Like, you're lucky if they do that whole, you know, that pencil thing where they do alternative fingers and then hit you what? on. What? Yeah. You know, that yeah. was you know? painful. <laughs> you know, that, that was painful. That was basic stuff to them. Like, they used to tie them up and hang them from the ceiling and then like a piñata <laughs> and, people, oh and like people would take turns beating them up oh like the, the valid zero minions what are they called like I, I hate it. What they were I feel like what are they you hate those people more than the Malin. Yeah, because they, they, they go overboard. Those minions, I don't know, Wathir. What were they called? I have no idea. They have a specific name. I don't know. I just call them minions because they no. were minions. They had an actual name because it's an actual role. Okay? Those people used to. They take that job so seriously and the they Ma'alin, do whatever they're Abai doing has with an official title. conviction. It has an official title. Yeah. So, like, I understand. But, like, they used to get beat up like that, like actual objects. So when you go through that, it's child's play to hit a child with like feeler and stuff. Like our Malin, he never yeah. used to use a feeler. He he made this specific feeler for Duxi where he braided it. Or you know that thing we used to play as kids. You know that thing we used to play as kids where you you um ah I forget, the thing that you hang I know what you're talking your about. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's, that's what scares me. That made, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he made a feel out of that. Wait, what is it? Uh, I don't know what it was called. You know when we were in like uh, middle school or something, we used to do this thing that was made out of plastic strings. And we and stick it on our do, bags. Yeah, and then you would like, do like... Oh yeah, the folding cube thing? Yes. Yeah. He would make mm-hmm. a feel out of... He would get like skinny feelers and make a, like a thing, a bigger one out of that. And so it wasn't like something you could go- get off the street. It was something he custom made for us. He made. He tailored it. He didn't use it. He used it for our, our mother, honestly, wasn't abusive. But like Ikram was saying, the mental trauma is 10 times worse. And like also the threat 
the ultimate threat is telling your your parents or our ma'ala used to do public shamings because we used to have these um not only uh duksi we used to have like like you guys were talking about tafsir and stuff we used to have like books that we used to read like the arba'in or stuff like that and i love those those things this one time our ma'ala <laughs> oh this has traumatized mm-hmm. me this is like high key traumatic he like our my aunts were there all the kids are there like we used to he used to teach us and our cousins and everyone right and so our mali used to do public shamings where he'd wait until everyone is there and then you have no idea what's about to happen and he will literally be like oh i have a da'wa from this person they did this 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 this, this and i want the parents to deal with it excuse me <laughs> do you know do you know how traumatic that is it's worse than anything that ali could do like public tra- traumatic things but like yeah Duxi was very mm. traumatic. There's one time I remember, like in our house in the UAE, there were so many people living at our house at one point, so many like cousins and aunts and whatever. And we, my mom, the way they moved the furniture around, they used the armadillo to block the the window, right? So our oh, room was them. like, it was, yeah, so our room was dark all day. Like if the lights are off, you can't tell if it's day or night, right? So I remember, like for us, we found that it was easier to memorize Quran like at Fajr, right? And because there were so many people at the house. It was just quieter to memorize then, right? So I remember, like, we woke up after Fajr and we were, like, memorizing and learned our, like, it was subhis. I remember it was uh, the third juz, like, mujadala, like, it was a subhis for that whole juz. We woke up, we memorized that we're good. Like, let's say we woke up at five, we went back to sleep at, like, six, seven, and our duxies at, like, 9.30. So we usually, like, wake up at nine and we walk to the house, right? And and the crazy thing is, like, we used to wake up ourselves and, like, do everything ourselves. Like, no, my mom would never wake us up for Duxi and be like, Ka'a, da-da-da. Like, so it was all it was all on our own. So we wake up at, like, 10.30. And we just started crying. Because our Duxi started at, it started at 9 or 9.30. And we woke up 10.30. We're like, there is no way we're going to Duxi. Like, we're not right? So we just started crying. And my mom, like, no chill. She's like, Guri, get out. Right? Mom was like, did I tell you guys to sleep in? Like, is this my fault? Get out of my house. So we get dressed. We have our kitabs. And the way our building was set up, it was like a literally like just a two-story building. So it was just stairs, right? So we didn't have elevators or anything. We just go on the stairs and we start crying because we're like, there's no way we're going to Duxi and coming out alive. Like, there's no way. So we just started to sit on the stairs and we start crying. And my mom tells my dad, like, like, get them out of here, right? She's like, they sound like cats, like meowing in the night. <laughs> my mom was like, get them out of here. Alhamdulillah, my dad called them Alan and like, had to like tell him some story about why we weren't coming and then we never went that day but like just remembering the trauma like how scared we were like even though like we woke up we memorized our ashar like we were so prepared you know what i mean but because we already missed half of duxi we're like we're screwed i feel like when you associate that trauma with memorizing the quran when you grow up it kind of affects the way that you see learning quran you know what i mean 100%. Yeah, because like you'll see it as you always have this negative thing attached to it, right? As I grew up, because I'm going to tell you guys more traumatizing stories that happened to us when we went to Somalia. But as I grew up and I started learning the Quran as an adult, I'm like, okay, I can detach. I could take away all these negative associations I have with memorizing Quran, you know? But um, when we were in the UAE, actually, um, did you guys used to go to that the Quran class in the mosques? Yeah. Like you'd go to the masjid yeah. and then you'd read Quran to the teachers? discriminate everything and anything. Well, we went to every duxi. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, so we went there and it was nice. Like there was no drama. It was always a lady teacher because you go to the ladies section, the women section. And after Asad, they teach you Quran yeah, you get and they teach you Tajweed. I think that's when I learned like proper Tajweed yeah. through that class. Yeah, yeah. Our, we had a teacher that was like Syrian and we were straight from Canada, fresh off the boat or the plane. Yeah. <laughs> our our pronunciation was garbage. Like I, I remember I was been mm-hmm. memorizing Quran since I was like five years old. So I knew a lot of like memorized Quran. But like my my pronunciation was garbage and I was doing fatha kasra in random places. Oh, and like <laughs> our teacher, she was the Syrian teacher. And she, may Allah bless her with Jannah. She was the sweetest person ever. And she understood English like barely, but she understood it. And she made us her uh, passion project. Like She would translate, uh, what do you call it, the tajweed and everything to us from Arabic to English, make us have like our own special class. She would let us sit alone and she would make us pronounce the words properly. And like she would talk to, you know how people would come from the government to test you? 
and it wasn't yeah. your teacher that used to test you, she would talk to the lady from the government secret and be like, listen, just test them on memorization the, and ask them, what is this? What is this? But don't ask them to give definitions and stuff because they don't speak Arabic. And it was the most welcoming. Like literally, we used to love her. We'd go to masjid just to see her, honestly. And like that kind of experience was so different from the mamin. <laughs> would you know like yeah. beat you up if you did the slightest sl- stumble you know okay but what do you think yeah. was more effective if we're being real 100 okay like there's a difference do you want to memorize or do you want to actually learn there's you know memorization i memorized because of the ma'alim like i finished the quran in like two years because the ma'alim you know because he would let me read three pages four pages but because i was doing both uh, do you understand? Like, because I was doing both, I didn't have to wait for the whole government to come and, you know, test me every two months. You have to set that up for a long time. And that takes like mm-hmm. around five or even ten years to finish the Quran because you're literally, it's a whole system of different, there, there's a waiting list, you know? <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm against the whole beating 100%, but. I never memorized as much as I memorized that year in Hargisa when I was getting beat every day. Wallahi, the fear? Because that's the priority, right? You. Yeah. If you motivates you. I think the most effective year for us was the year we went to Somalia. To Somalia. And I think within, just to give you an idea, in the, when we were in Canada, I think we repeated Juz Amma for around... Our whole lives. Our, our whole life. life. <laughs> till grade 7. We just we just started from the beginning again. We would just and re-memorize Juz Amma well. every single like, year. Still used to make mistakes. And even then, our tajweed was lacking. So our it was just a really bad... Oh, in Canada? Exactly. Like, what do you mean in Canada? So, like, when we were in Ottawa, when we moved to Edmonton no, what for kind one of year. The whole t- oh, you mean, like, just regular house tuxi or... Regular house tuxi we and school and, as well. Yeah. And we and like yeah, so school and regular like Saturday school duxi. Yeah, no, like so effectiveness in like finishing the Quran completely. De- definitely, Malins. What do you call it? So Malins got that on pat. You know, <laughs> you're gonna finish the if you start, you're gonna finish the Quran for, with them because they don't. For them, that's the priority. Finishing is the priority. I used to read three pages a day, you guys. Like every single day, three whole pages. That was wild. For Canada, that's a big deal. That was in, du- in Dubai. In Canada, usually, if you talk to someone, they'll tell you, like, they've been on just Amma for 10 years, or they've been, you know, they just always repeat the Juz again. But when, and that was the case for us, like, when we were in Canada, for the first, you know, decade and a half of our lives, um, we just repeated just Amma all the time, right? Like, we'd always start from the beginning every year, we'd, uh, because there was no one there to kind of, like, consistently tell us, okay, next, you know, next juz, next juz, next juz, and like, you know, be on our, be on our ass about finishing. But when we went to Somalia, it was actually an extreme experience. We went from one end of the spectrum to like another where we had, in, like in the beginning, we had a teacher who would teach us the Quran because we were going to school and he came to our house. I'm not going to lie to you. The guy was a little weird. I want to say he was like close to our age because it was me, Hafsa, and Rahima. And he was very close to Hafsa's age. Hafsa was in grade 10 then. And I think he was like 20 or maybe 19 or 18, between 18 and 20. So he would come after our regular school classes to our house and he would teach us every single day. And he would teach us uh, to memorize. So we'd read our Quran to him and then he'd also teach us Tajweed and stuff. So I remember before we went to Somalia, we stopped in the UAE and we bought like these little... Quran, you know those little. D- I know, d- yeah, the thing that you know reads it for about, you. Right? That got me through life. No, no, I know you talk about the little like cassette-looking thing, but it's not a cassette, but it's shaped like a cassette. Yeah, and then you can like on pick demand the ayah, repeat the ayah ten or times. The, exactly. I know, what you're ta- and you can pick the speed: yeah. slow, medium, exactly. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that. Three of us, each of us had one, and I remember. At a certain point, Rahima, did he try to take it or something? Or he? <laughs> There's so many questionable he, like, things that happened with that guy. He was so strange. He no, was that so guy strange. was very shady. He like he took one, I think he took it, and it was missing, and we were so confused, like where it went. And then all we see is he came back the next day with it, and then towards like the middle of, I want to say one month in, he started acting very weird towards us, and then we found out that he, <laughs> I think he wanted to like. He asked Abba to marry one of us. What? <laughs> Wait, why did I not know about this? <laughs> what? Like he was talking about trying to marry one of us. Yeah, he, he spoke to Abba about that or something like that. And then if only Hafsa was here to say the exact details. I don't remember exactly what happened. But Abba was like, okay, bye. I don't need you teaching. Is that why he randomly anymore. left? 
Allah, why did you guys... He didn't randomly leave. Abba told him to I go. I did not know any of this is happening. What the heck? Yeah, then he left. And then it, it was for the better because around that same time, Abba was like, okay, the school's not doing... Like, the school's not saying much. I think you guys should homeschool because, like, you're not really learning much in school. So we started homeschooling. And then we went to an actual duxi, like a Quran duxi. It was called Darul Iman. And we would go there like during, it was from 8 a.m. I want to say to 12 p.m. And it was like school, but it was like a half day of school. And you just learn Quran from the morning till afternoon and you go home in the afternoon. So me and Hafsa's experience, me and Hafsa were in the same class and Rahima was in a separate class because she was younger than us. And me and Hafsa's experience was pretty decent because we were the oldest year. So the teachers didn't, weren't as physical with us because there were a lot of older kids in our class. We also had teacher out of all of the teachers there. We did. He was also close to our age, but because of that, I think he was very shy. So he didn't really, there's no way he could hit someone his age. So he would just, you know, he just teach Quran and we'd go. He was a little abusive towards the younger kids in our class because there were two girls who were pretty young. But with us, he was fine. Hima, you want to tell them your story about what would happen to you in the meantime? That was actually the worst. I remember just going to school every day, just freaking out. Why is it like every tiny mistake you make, like any mistake you make, you have to go to the front and you get whipped. Like, I remember we used to pray. We used to pray. No, let me tell you, we used to pray. You know, like the, there was like two different types of like things that the teacher would hit you with. It was either the stick or the wire. And wallahi, we used to pray for the stick because that wire, that black wire, it was actually the worst feeling. It used to like, they'd whip you and it'd like wrap around your hand. It was actually the most painful. Well, I want to know how you feel comfortable as a grown man beating up little girls. Allah, it's actually, that's not normal. I don't think that's normal. That's what Ma'alans do. That's, that's, that's what they do. <laughs> they don't feel bad at all. And remember in the morning assembly, we had to read the du'as. Like everybody would stand outside of the school and then we'd stand in lines according to our class and we'd read the morning du'as and we'd read Ayatul Kursi. And then I think one day, none of the people in our line Wait, like no, 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 can I tell it? you? Sorry, I just wanted to bring one thing up. They also used to, every single morning while we were in those lines, they used to make sure that they used to check every single one of, like, they used to go on the line and check all of your nails, make sure they're cut. And then on top of that, yeah, to they used to, nails. like, if you're wearing a jean skirt, I don't know, for some reason, we used to wear, like, we used to love jean skirts back then. It was, yeah, but they used to, if you were wearing a jean skirt, you'd get beat. If your nails were long, you'd get beat. And I remember... Before they used to come to us in the line, we used to pass around, you know, the sakins? Oh, shit. The little sakin. Yeah. And we used to try to cut it. Well, it was actually the worst feeling. It hurt so bad. And you're like in a panic. Everybody would just like freak yeah. out and be like, pass me your sakin, pass and, me the sakin. Oh, and they'd start like cutting their nails. their nails. And like you freak out if your nails were long because you're getting like beat beat. So like, well, that was actually the worst. Mm-hmm. So continue with that's prison, sorry. And I didn't understand the jean skirt situation. Like, what's wrong with the jean skirt? It's the same as... It's just another way know. of policing girls' clothes. Just, if you wore... Yeah. If the leather was in or if any fabric was in, they're just going to make that the, the thing you get beat for. Yeah. I was... I remember just being so confused. Like, it's not like they were tight or anything. It just didn't make sense. But I remember one time, our class, I think half the class wasn't reading... I don't know what it was. I think we were just rebelling. We were act- I don't know what we were doing, but half the class didn't read. We got in trouble. They're like, stand against the wall. So we're standing against the wall. And they're like, you know what? Go to the principal's office. So we went to the principal's office. And then they were like, okay, the only solution to this is if you guys get whipped or something like that. So he was like, as you guys are walking out, each one of you is going to get whipped. And then I feel like someone's told this story before, but I'm just going to repeat it. Maybe Hafsa did. But all of the kids from like outside... So there were these Norwegian sisters, there was us, there was my cousin. All of us were like, we're not getting touched. You can't touch us. You know, you can't do anything to us. And so the other girls, they just add you. They're like, okay, they walk out. He whips them. He whips them. He whips them. They put their hand out. He whips them. And they leave. And then there's just the rest of us left. And then we're just like, you can't touch us. Call our parents. We don't care. And then eventually he just felt bad for us. So he just let us go. But I remember that being like the most traumatic experience. What do you mean privilege? We weren't supposed to get whipped. If those other girls just stood up for their, if they stood up for their rights instead of just being like, okay, I feel like they didn't care low key. Like this was nothing to them. But if they had done that, I feel like they would have just let all of us go. But yeah, that was probably the most like traumatic experience when we were in Hargeisa. Other than having that teacher at home. That wanted to marry one of you. (laughs) 
I still can't believe. Ugh, I need to like fact check that. But yeah, some definitely like he was trying to do something and Abba was like, goodbye. Ma'asalama. Yeah. Predators. I feel like a lot of people have stories of like violets as like actual predators, but alhamdulillah, we dodged that bullet. Yeah, just <laughs> abusive ones. Yeah. <laughs> I had malins, like honestly, I have malins that I was like a child. You guys, when I say I started Duxi Young, I mean like literally young, young, right? And I had this one malin who was a teacher at both the Islamic school I went to and the private Duxi I went to, and he was an Iraqi man who had a Somali wife. And like I didn't realize at that time I was really young. But like this guy was always with me throughout. Like he would he'd be car out carpool with him in the mornings and all that stuff. To the point where when we went back to and uh, moved back to Dubai, Abba told me that he named his daughters after me and my sister. Like me at that time, I just took like this whole Duxi culture was just what I was. You know, like I was introduced to it so young that it didn't seem weird. It's weird. It would be weird for me not to be in Duxi, right? And so like. I guess it's different for everyone, but for me, it's like it's always been the norm. I don't know how it feels as an adult. I do, but like I don't know how it feels not to have Dixie part of your life. That's true. Like for me, I think like as I grew, it wasn't even about like the like getting beat up scary part. It was just kind of like having to memorize more. Like so, when I went to Semaf Farsi, like obviously it was chill compared to like Rahima, but like the, I was still always stressed out because it was kind of like you have to memorize so much, especially when you go to Semaf Farsi. Right? Like we'd have to memorize like two, three pages of, like, new Ashar and stuff, and then read, like, like the, we had, like, three sections. We had, like, our Ashar that we would have to read. We would have a muraja'ah, like, revision that we have to read to the teacher. And then we would have, like, muraja'ah we have to read amongst the students. So it would be, like, your Ashar, let's say, like, two, three pages. Then you have your muraja'ah that's, like, maybe, like, five pages of, like, a surah you just finished or something. And then, like, just, like, qadsami' or something like that. That you have to read the whole thing to someone else. And they have to read their muraja'ah to you. So it was just, there was just so much that I feel like, like, afterwards, it, I would just be scared of duksi Because, like, uh, I don't know my ashar. But it wasn't really even, like, fear of, like, getting hit or anything. It was just fear of, like, not knowing and then going and getting in trouble verbally. Which is so crazy. It's, like, a big difference i have a theory though because of all the memorization i did this was like the most memorization i've ever done in my life was that time when i was taking like three ashes and all the stuff you were mentioning as well like and all that stuff but that was the time when i had to study so much for school and it was so it was like baby stuff for me because i was doing so much memorization at home school was so easy for me and i feel like that's like interconnected because my capacity to memorize has decreased so much after i stopped duxi it's insane. Yeah, it's so crazy how much you can learn. Like, I feel like we, especially like the thing that uh, Amakhir was talking about, that cassette, like it wasn't a cassette, but it was shaped like a cassette. That got, like, I don't know how I would memorize Quran without that, to be honest. Like I got that in grade seven and I used that for like everything. And what made it easier for me to memorize was always because it has the English and then it has the Arabic, right? It has like each ayah and then it has the English translation. And so being able to read the English, because because we knew Arabic, right? Like, okay, I know necessarily didn't speak fluent arabic um like when i'm conversational arabic but when you're reading the quran like you know you have like all the puzzle pieces and you're just struggling to like fill some words right because some words are not really like conversational arabic it's like strictly in the quran right so being able to like read the ayah and then read the english translation and know what it means and say the whole thing that's literally that's what made it easy for me it was kind of like always having that thing and then i feel like ever since i didn't have that anymore it was so much harder to memorize i don't know why maybe i was so dependent on that but that literally got me through Wait, did you guys I don't know ever how you guys use memorized. like reciter.org <laughs> no i never used that reciter.org may allah best. bless the person that created it guys i didn't yeah, have a computer it was back then like i feel like i never like used computer I, I think i was so used to that i could never use a computer to memorize i think I no know. i think it I think was, it was before that cassette thing days like it was back in the day this was back before, like grade four grade before three that, like, i just memorized it off the top of my like i just memorized it myself i think i wish mm-hmm. i had like the ability to rely on outs you know like resources but i never had that because you know when you have uh, so much to memorize there's just so many hours in the day you need to find the fastest way the quickest way to learn yeah. stuff i'm not lying like the skills i developed during that time is what got me through university what got me through igc what got me through everything because i would learn mm-hmm. stuff so fast because the fear of the ma'alan was somehow you know like the traces of it was still left 
But yeah. It's, mm-hmm. And I feel like also the work ethic that comes with it, you know, like the consistency, all of that, that one year after Hargeisa of just consistently learning Quran, the schedule, all of that really helps with everything else. Yeah. It's kind of why people send their kids to like, what is it called? Cram school or like, you know, these special mm-hmm. schools that, that the elite children go to. It's uh, low key mm-hmm. kind of, the structure is kind of like that. If it didn't have the abuse, then it would be like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's have Dixies without abuse. And I feel like we should mention, like, for me personally, like, I'm talking about all these like situations and all these like traumatic experiences, but I've had, literally had like over 20 ma'alans and like traumatic experiences has have been with like two or three. So it's like, you know, it's like looking back, you remember like the super super traumatizing ones but like you kind of forget all the like regular regular malins you had that just allowed you to like make your little one two mistakes we had this one malin mm-hmm. teacher i didn't tell you guys but we had this one malin teacher who's a woman right and like her her um punishments were so uniquely torturous okay it's like she didn't use her power like she didn't use her she didn't get a feeler she didn't use all that so she'll figure out ways where it doesn't apply she doesn't have to use uh, you know like her own strength where you could suffer she used to do this thing where i think they used to do it in somalia too where they'll make you like hold your ears like you have to like bend over and, and hold then, yeah you know, under your legs wrap and hold your, your legs. ears <laughs> that was the weirdest thing you go like Just bend over up. put your arms under your legs and hold your ears in front of everyone hold your ears gymnastics <laughs> you don't understand have you listen okay you we used to do that until we used to fall fall down like you know you'd you're you know because there's blood rushing to your, your head you're sweating because of the the you know the contortionist position you're in and this lady would watch us literally domino each other because we're all falling on each other and she'd be like get back to what you were doing <laughs> i don't understand why it was so looking back i'm dying of laughter because she must have been having the time of her life but we were dying <laughs> well i mean i just hear me i would rather feel pain for like you know 10 minutes than go through the hours of torture you'd come back like you've you you we'd finished those uh, lessons literally hungry because we were sweating the whole time. You're hungry. You're weak. It's like you came through the struggle of life, but all you did was get your 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 asset. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys? What would you guys say your experience as like a grown adult going to Duxi is like compared to when you were younger? I promote that stuff. I feel like right now that's what I need in my life. I need like an adult Duxi. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's harder to commit to it because when you're a kid, like your mom's kind of like making out the schedule for you. Like I've tried, I've done, I've gone to Duxi as an adult. If, like as an adult we're talking about after university right like after undergrad yeah or, yeah after had, undergrad during undergrad no during undergrad i did sometimes um and the summers when i went back to the uae i would just go like drop in the man that was coming to the house but there's not that sense of like you have to do it so like it's just holding your it's hard to hold yourself accountable when like oh i didn't learn my ashara so i'm not gonna go to Duxi today oh i'm not you know what i mean like you couldn't do that as a kid you can't just be like oh I it's didn't not the same it. though I'm like you going. can't i think like there's a difference between like adult duxies and like you know duxie for the family right i stopped doing that when i was 17 but like adult duxies i mean like you know those female halakas like woman hal- it's so hard like ikran is saying because the timings are so off usually they do it for at like 10 in the morning like the masjid right next to us does halakas for women but it's like 10 in the morning it's like what what woman in the 21st century has time to go to the masjid in the weekdays at 10 in the morning it's impossible unless you're a stay at home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about right now as a working person, it's near impossible. Yeah, like I, that's the thing. Like I tried, like when I came here, I tried going to like this Habriyar who was doing Duxi at her house and I went consistently for a while and then I started working on weekends and then it was just hard to kind of, like it's hard to find Duxi that fits your schedule, right? As an adult, because everyone has like such, like you're not going to be free Saturday and Sunday mornings if you work on the weekends or you're not going to be free during work hours during the weekdays because you're at work or you're at school, right? But actually, like, there, like I've been wanting to sign up for it, but I haven't. But I heard about this website called Tenzil, and it's like this online duxi or something no, like that. The where, online like, ones you never work, own. though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I feel like it it won't work if you. I feel like you have to have like a lot of self discipline. You have to motivate yourself yeah, to do it yeah, and self discipline exactly because you can do it. It's just then we're just saying we lack self discipline. I a hundred percent lack self discipline. I do. That's why I haven't signed up. I've been wanting to. Also, like, what I miss is that sense of going to a place and, like, being with like-minded people and, like, you know, benefiting Ooh. from each other. I miss that that sense of 
you know, the masjid, I call it oh the masjid vibe. The friends I made, the friends I made in Tuxi, like, those were, like, real, like, real ones. You see, did you see that Twitter um, post of someone talking about my Somali people? Their Tuxi friends are their forever friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared to, like, people who make friends in undergrad, it's like, nah, for us I'm Somalis, sorry, it's we went from the, the womb. same thing. Wait, like, <laughs> do you still talk to your Tuxi friends? <laughs> Some of them, yeah. In a way, Ikran... You're a Duxi friend, right? Because we met. It wasn't really Duxi, but oh, it was yeah, Islamic studies class, like Sira, right? Yeah, Sira are, class. We're somewhat Duxi friends. Yeah, somewhat. Like Islamic classes life. slash Duxi, you know, friends for yeah, life. Exactly, <laughs> and Sumaya too. Like all, like a lot. Same like, Sumaya, there were, exactly. There's a lot of group of people that we met through that class that we're still in touch with, like now, and like really close friends with, right? So I don't know. It's like Rahima said. It's like a lot of self discipline. I feel like it's doable. But if you don't got that self-discipline, like, cause, cause like these online classes, that means you have to make your own schedule. You have to be consistent with your own schedule. And, you know, like, that's the thing. When you're an adult, you have like the freedom to be like, oh, you know, I didn't have time to do it. So I'm not going to do it today. As, whereas when you're a kid, you don't have that luxury, right? Like you go, that's like, that's your life. <laughs> you so, have no choice. You do that or you die. <laughs> exactly. Like, how are you going to get out of going to Wait, Dixie? no, there but is- as, as kids, did you guys ever try skipping? You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about that right now, and I thought to myself, how did I never do that? Me and Zainab used to do that all the time. No, me and Zainab in the UAE, do you know what you used to do? It was actually the funnest. Those days were so stressful. Abai, why are you adding yourself? <laughs> I will die with the secrets because, I have from that during that time. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking right now, like, I easily could have done it. It's not like they did attendance and talked to my mom. So why have I never missed it? Because there's people all around that are watching you that will tell your mom <laughs> that you are outside. Not really. Not with where I lived. I lived near Salman Farisi, so we used to walk to Salman. Like, no one no one would have seen me. I guess we just weren't that uh, mentally advanced. We were too risky. Pe- people would snitch to my mom, and my mom would not... My mom would never ask us, honestly, because it wasn't worth it. But the people that snitched, because my mom didn't come to us, they would drop secrets like, oh, where were you during that time and that time and that time? I was like, Damn. What, what people are... What is the idea? And like literally, but yeah, skipping Duxi. Sometimes, some days you really don't want to go, but it's not an option, you know. Rahima, how did you skip those days that you just don't know your Quran? You didn't like you know you know you're gonna get beat. You just like you have to do something. I used to convince Zainab too. It was actually the funniest. I remember we used to go to the store. We'd buy a couple of those ice cream sandwiches. You know those really good ones that they used to have in the Emirates. Yep. We used to yep. always buy those when we were skipping for some reason, and then we just chill at Mega Mall. Remember Mega Mall? <laughs> That was right next to my. We literally just used to skip and we used to chill there the whole day. Well, like, and those That's days we were so filter. stressed because we're just like watching somebody sees us. Like the whole day, you're just like trying to dodge people. It was actually so literally. stressful. You know why we could never skip? Because we never had anything like that around. Like it was hot. It was summer. Like if we're not going to Dixie, where are we getting our shade? Where are we getting our cool <laughs> air conditioning air from? Like it's we have to be somewhere. <laughs> because think about it, we are. Where are we going to be for six hours if we're not at home or not at Duxi? Our area was really near um, Umm area. Wallahi, we'd go sometimes, be gone for 15 minutes and come back and mom's like, you're already done? We were the first people to leave. <laughs> 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 Literally, we Our Duxi was, Salman Farisi is like the whole day. So you can't really, like, they don't let you leave. You're there from like 9 to 2, 9 no, to 2. No, Salman Farisi, so, you can't skip. No, no, no. I feel like 100% yeah. you'd get caught. What is what is the story that you want to tell us, Ikran? Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. So someone sent a funny story on um, on Instagram about their experience, and I was just laughing at it. Um, so I'll just read um, what they said. So they said, I have the wildest Duxi story. My sisters and I went to Habarir's house for Duxi, and this Habarir lived across the hall from her sister. One hour into Duxi, someone knocks on the door, and the Habarir opens it. After a few seconds, the Habarir started screaming for her sister, and the sister came running out. So this is her neighbor. Um, and then she came running down the stairs, and they left the house. At this point, Duxi is halted because we're all so confused. So the Ma'alin says he's going to check out the situation and let us know. So we're chilling, trying to memorize the next part of our sub'is when the alarm starts going off, the fire alarm. Um, the Habarir runs in and tells us we need to leave ASAP. Suddenly, we're being hustled into the hallway and we see a thick cloud of smoke and it's so hectic. We go down some stairs into what I swear felt like the underground railroad and end up... <laughs> and end up at some random person's house for safety. No one is explaining anything to us, and the ma'alin is still missing. Finally, after three hours into this random family's house, my parents come running in, and they're so scared. Apparently, the Habarir sister's husband... 
Okay, fell asleep while he was smoking. So the whole place went up in flames. Alhamdulillah, he made it out safe, but the whole entire floor was burnt, burned and evacuated. My family Crazy. wasn't told of any of this, so they came to pick us up when Duxi was supposed to end, and they saw the fire and the yellow and the trucks and the yellow school bus and the holding evacuees. My parents looked in the bus for us, but none of us were there. Instead, instead the ma'alin who was supposed to scope out the situation for us was just sitting with fear in his eyes. <laughs> Our ma'alin saw the smoke and bounced. He left us to burn. Oh, wow. My parents <laughs> pulled us out of the Duxi the next day. Like she found wow. him. Like she oh found him, God. the parents saw him in the bus that was supposed to evacuate people. He, without he the literally kids. said, "Nafsi, nafsi, y'all are y'all." He literally, <laughs> the way I read it, and I was dying. Like he really said, "I'm gonna go check this out," and said, "Ma'asalama," like I'm not going back for you guys. <laughs> they move like they care about our akhirah, but they don't even help us in this dunya. Billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. And he really showed his face the next day. No, her uh, good for her. Her parents took her out of the duxi. Like imagine, like I can't trust you with my kids. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm actually crying. Oh. oh my god, that could have oh ended horribly. God. Crazy. No, I'm just that realizing all these malins that that beat the shit out of kids like that. I think they just have their own psychological issues. There's something wrong. 100. percent Of course. 100. percent They're venting. Mm-hmm taking it out on these or just lack kids. of patience it's just it just could be lack of patience it's right? a cycle yeah. of abuse that's happening they were abused and then they're abusing other people yeah when you were a pinata half your life we need so to wait, end the cycle so because all of us were basically abused at these dixies would you guys ever send your kids to like these type of <laughs> and i was thinking that i would do some rigorous like you know an investigation and check out every single teacher and make sure before I put my kids in the We person. have the luxury to do that, you know. Yeah. We have the like and we also have the knowledge behind us that there's better options. Mm-hmm. But so definitely like I would still send my kids to Duxie. All all of you are going to Duxie, yeah, but probably right. not like something as traumatic as mine. Their biggest fear will probably be like reading their Quran on time and not getting hit. Like I wouldn't allow some random person cuz I had I had fear in my heart and I wasn't getting beat. Like I was still scared like not to go to Duxi without learning my Ashad and I wasn't like even in Duxi's where I wasn't getting beat, right? So I think like you can teach Quran and like not have to beat them. Yeah, and also one thing that I'm going to focus on is like making sure they learn the tafsir too cuz a lot of times we're memorizing but we're not learning what what we're actually tafsir memorizing. And hadith. Exactly. Let's be honest. Tafsir and hadith together with the Quran memorization mm-hmm. just makes a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want to go back because they want to go back and not because someone's forcing them to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the goal. Inshallah there'll be more qualified teachers as well because pickings were slim if we're mm-hmm. being honest That's, like mm-hmm. you know it's not like we had the our parents had the luxury to choose between all these ma'alins. Mm-hmm. You were lucky if you had a ma'alin come to your house first of all. My parents were very like people that didn't want to uh, send us over to other people's houses and stuff like that so they were always looking for ma'anis that would come to our house that were catered to our schedules you know mm-hmm. so inshallah going forward there's going to be way more learned people mm. inshallah yeah so what are you guys going to do now to kind of revisit your quran because you know why am i feeling you guys nostalgic? re-memorize <laughs> you know just because you learned a lot doesn't mean you just leave it on the streets i truly believe that's that's the mentality i was moving with for the past couple of years like oh my god i know how to memorize quran and i know my tajweed so i could always go back to it which is such a toxic mentality honestly yeah so because like cause yeah. seriously like so well I, if you think about it memorizing the quran is like a huge responsibility even like for forgetting it, yeah, for, forgetting for, memorizing and then forgetting it. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying. Memorizing is a huge responsibility because you're not supposed to forget what you learn, right? And like imagine like saying you finished the whole Quran, but you only remember like one third of it or even less. So I guess we all gotta di- uh, fix up on the whole self. What was what did her say? Self discipline. I think we just yeah, self discipline. I feel like once because yeah. we're at that point in our lives where we have to make the time and we have to actively you know memorize ourselves and we can't mm-hmm. really the way our schedules are set up we can't really go to somewhere consistently. There's always going to be those days where we won't be able to go. So we have to do something so that when we're free we take the time out of our day to read the Quran, memorize ourselves. So it's just about building that self, you know, that self-discipline and mm-hmm. and then executing. No, but also if someone wants to offer the services, make some money, please. How though? It's, so it's, funny it's gonna always be like a certain time of the week we're gonna do this, right? Or you mean like a personal Quran teacher? No, like if someone like if someone decides to people offer services and everything. If some a, a specific person wants to offer offer services in the Quran where they cater to the person, 
you know, like whether it's I'm freaking free on weekends or whatever, or you come over because I know there's grown women. I know because my mom does a lot of masjid and, and like she does online thingies as well. And her teacher comes sometimes randomly. So, you know, if our parents, honestly, my aunts have this whole system on lockdown where they learn Quran in their own, you know, they found a teacher Ooh, and they the force they it do and that it kind of stuff. Do remember, like, yeah. our moms doing Quran on the phone? Yeah, like, the, they figured out a way to get a malam. So if someone, you know, in our age group or whatever decides to offer the service of, like, being a malam for people, yeah. they can make a lot of money. It's kind of like benefit. a personal trainer, but a Quran version of that. So it's like, Wait. oh, I'm free this day, this week. Can you come? Or like, can you listen to me? On the phone? Yeah. And then they hold you accountable kind of thing? No, in real, in, in person. Like, you know how people do in-call pedicures and in-call petitions and all that stuff? Like, in-call ma'alans. There's a lot of money there. Someone take it. But yes. do it for the right if reasons. Someone, well, technically, my, this is my dad's dream was for me to become that. But here I am. Loser. Khasara. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry, I, I messed up the, the Ma'alin story. So basically, I just messaged Hafsa to, you know, get my facts right, because my memory is crap. And she told me, no, he didn't ask Abba for her hand in marriage. He asked her for her number. Asked Hafsa? That's what happened. Oh, he asked Hafsa for her number. Yeah, that's what happened. He asked for her number, and then I think Hafsa told Abba, and then Abba was like, goodbye. <laughs> that's oh, what really that's happened. That's even worse. I know, that's so creepy. Anyways, just wanted to get that out. I felt like there was something off about the story when I was telling it. But yeah, weirdo. Anyway, we survived. We survived. We survived. survived. So yeah, that's the end of the Abuan short, guys. Um, Yeah, so if you guys have any stories you'd like to tell us, you can add us on Instagram or Twitter, Abuan Podcast, or um, message us anonymously on Curious Cat curiouscat.me forward slash abuan podcast and yeah that is all from us if you know if you guys are dealing with the trauma from Duxie, may Allah alleviate that and <laughs> good luck in life <laughs> I'm done I think it was an early 2000s thing I don't know if that abuse still exists does it? it does it, no it does 100% does it? it still exists I've been hearing stories Guys, we're just so far removed from it, so we don't know. I mean, in this part of the world. I don't know about the UAE, but... Nope, in this part of the world, too. I've been hearing stories. I hear about Ma'alins getting arrested nowadays, so I think they're a little, you know, worried and stuff. Ooh. I wish we got ours arrested. Right? Not Police! <laughs> Who's going to arrest them? All the witnesses. Your parents are the witnesses, and they'll turn on you. <laughs> they'll be like, Ma'alik, how do you get police go excuse me if we ever did that in the uae the police would beat us up too are you dumb like how dare you how dare you try to snitch on your malin in the uae you'd get arrested in the uae they were all i'm done okay it's a wrap well assalamualaikum goodbye